How are we doing today? We doing good 10 o'clock? You look good. You look good. Really excited to be starting a brand new series today called Chase the Lion. Everybody say Chase the Lion. Joshua Chamberlain was a theology student. He was not a soldier. But when duty called, Chamberlain answered. He, he climbed the ranks to become colonel of the 20th Maine Volunteer Infantry Regiment in the Union Army. And on July the 2nd, 1863, Chamberlain and 300 soldiers were all that stood between the Confederates and what was certain defeat at a battlefield in Gettysburg. Pennsylvania, about 2.30 p.m. on the 15th, and the 47th Infantry from Alabama of the Confederate Army charges Chamberlain and his soldiers, followed by a second and third and fourth and fifth charge. And by the last charge, only 80 of, of Chamberlain's soldiers were left standing. Chamberlain himself was actually hit with a bullet, but it, it hit him in his belt buckle, so he was able to keep going. So this 34-year-old theology school teacher is left with a few men that feel defeated after five attacks. When Sergeant Tozier informed Chamberlain that no reinforcements were coming and his men were down to one round of ammunition per soldier, Chamberlain knew that he needed to act decisively. He knew the Confederates were forming rank again and the rational thing to do at that point with no ammunition and no reinforcements would have been to, to surrender. But Chamberlain, he wasn't wired that way. He made a defining, a defining decision that turned the war and single-handedly saved the Union. In full view of the enemy, Chamberlain climbed onto the barricade of stones and he gave a command to his soldiers. He, he pointed his sword and he yelled, charge. His men fixed their bayonets and started running at the Confederate army, which vastly outnumbered them. But because they weren't expecting it, they caught them off guard. And in what ranks as one of the most improbable victories in military history, 80 Union soldiers captured 4,000 Confederate soldiers in five minutes. Five minutes. And what seemed like a suicide mission actually saved the Union. Historians believe that if Chamberlain had not charged that day, then the rebels would have gained the high ground. And if the rebels would have gained the high ground, then there's a good chance that they would have won the battle at Gettysburg. If the rebels had won the battle, the historical consensus is that the Confederates would have won the war. So Chamberlain's courage saved the day, saved the war, and it saved the Union. Now, here's why I tell you that story. Because later in Chamberlain's life, when he reflected back on that war, he wrote down these words. Chamberlain said, I had deep within me the inability to do nothing. I knew I may die, but I also knew that I would not die with a bullet in my back. 
Come on. I love that. Chamberlain said, I'm, I may die, but I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not dying with a bullet in my back. And that's what this series is all about. This is a series about courage, having the courage to fight the battle of your life, to charge a defining moment, to, to, take, your, to take your hill. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at uh, three different stories from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23. This particular chapter of the Bible is filled with heroic stories of mighty men. If you're somebody who struggles to read the Bible because you feel like it's boring and not applicable and you know, has nothing to do with your life, I would encourage you to spend a little bit of time reading, uh, well, I would say actually all of First and Second Samuel, but especially 2 Samuel chapter 23, because these are the accounts of some of the most courageous men to ever live. They had a name. They were called David's Mighty Men because these were the men who served alongside in the military with King David, and some of them were uh, part of his bodyguard. And their accomplishments were so incredible that God decided to give them their own chapter in the Bible. Now, now, you know they had to be tough because in order to serve alongside King David, you couldn't be a chump. I mean, we're talking about King David who uh, killed lions and bears as a teenager, right? We're, We're talking about the same King David who was willing to go and fight the giant Goliath when everyone else was afraid. So these are, these are manly men. These are, I mean, these are the guys that beat their chest, run towards the chaos, are afraid of nothing, and are willing to do whatever it takes. So over the next three weeks, we're going to read these stories of strength and courage. And my prayer for this series is that, is that everyone will be challenged to fight. Everybody say fight. That you will be challenged to fight, to fight for your faith, to fight for your family, to fight for purity, to fight for integrity. This is a series that everyone can get something out of. I'm excited you're here and I want you to encourage you to be here these next three weeks because everyone can get something out of this. But especially over the next three weeks, I want to challenge all the men in the room. Are there any men in the room? Any men in the room? Give me, give me like a, give me like something, man. Come on. You're here. And, and, so, and so I want to just challenge over the next three weeks. I'm going to challenge everybody, but I really want to challenge the men. We almost called this series Man Up, all right? But I didn't want the women to feel left out or the children to feel left out, so we changed the name. But I really want to challenge the men. This isn't some prissy, sissy, emotional, spiritual stuff. We're going to be reading about real men doing manly things. And listen to me, fellas. My prayer for you is that God will light a fire in your life, specifically under your butt, to get you to dream again. To get you to dream again, to fight again, to to aggressively attack life. I love the way Dave Ramsey says it. Dave Ramsey says that God created man to wake up in the morning, leave the cave, kill something, and bring it home for his family to eat. I love that. I love that. 
And in all my years of counseling and trying to help men in marriages, beyond a shadow of a doubt, when a man has a cause worth fighting for, he's alive. He's alive. His face looks different. His smile looks different. His eyes look different. His heart is different because he has something to to fight for. But when life is just about going through the motions, we men, and I'm, I'm including me in this, come on, we men, we regress into childish behavior. Be careful, don't amen too loud down there. <laughs> You're coming strong with the amen right there on the childish behavior. <laughs> most marriage trouble that I counsel or try to help, most of it can be traced back to a man who has lost his fight. Almost every time, it can be traced back to a man who has lost his fight. So men, I'm gonna challenge you these next three weeks. Come on, let's turn off the Xbox. Come on, let's let's put the phone down. Come on, let's wake up in the morning. Let's leave the cave. Let's go attack something. Let's go fight something. Let's find something to live for. And that goes for everybody. And we're calling this series Chase the Lion because 2 Samuel chapter 23, specifically verse 20, and this is what it says. It says, there was also Benaiah, son of, we'll just go with Jehida, I don't know, it rhymes, a valiant warrior from Kebzil. And he did many heroic deeds, which included killing two champions of Moab. Another time on a snowy day, he chased the lion into a pit and killed it. Don't you just love how the Bible mentions this guy, Benaiah, chasing a lion into a pit and killing it like it's no big deal? Like, there was another day. Like, the other day, I, you know, I went to this restaurant and ate dinner. Like, it was the other day. I like, chased a lion into a pit and it was snowing and I killed it. It's one thing to be chased by a lion and defend yourself and come out alive. It's another thing to see the lion, pursue the lion... And kill it. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get to Benaiah in a few weeks. Today we're going to talk about a guy named Joshaboam. Joshabeam. And I don't want to say that name like 20 times. So today we're just going to call him Josh. Okay? So today we're talking about, about a guy named Josh. Josh was one of the 30 mighty men. He, he wasn't just one of the 30 mighty men. He was a, a part of a select group of three mighty men who were distinguished in a room full of courageous men. These three were the best of the best. And we're going to find out why. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 8. 2 Samuel 23, verse 8. It says, these are the names of David's mightiest warriors. The first was Joshabeam, the Hakmonite, who was the leader of the three the three mightiest warriors among David's men. Here it is. He once used a spear to kill 800 enemy warriors in a single battle. I told you we were not playing around in 2 Samuel chapter 23. We got men chasing lions into pits. We got guys grabbing spears and killing 800 enemy warriors. 
Josh was one of the mighty of the mighty. He was the leader of the three. And if this story is any indication as to why he got to be the leader of the, of the three, we, we know why. We know why. I mean, we don't know what he was doing in his spare time. But we do know that one day he killed 800 men with his spear in one battle. Now, I don't want to downplay the accomplishment of killing 800 men in one battle. It is nothing short of miraculous. It's unbelievable. But I have to wonder when I read certain verses like this, what the men like 700 to 800 were thinking, charging Josh. Did they think that maybe guys 1 through 699 had weakened him and and that he wouldn't be able to fight now? Like, did guy number 700 be like, I think we've got him right where we want him. Let's go. Right? You got to question their judgment on that one. But the point of the message today has nothing to do with hand-to-hand, bat, uh, hand-to-hand combat. I'm, I am the least qualified person in the world to preach that sermon. I got in one fight in my life in fifth grade and got the mess kicked out of me. I mean, I, it was It's brutal. And I never fought again. Don't want to fight again. We can work it out with our words. Let's talk it out. Come on, we'll talk it out. We can come to an understanding, okay? So I'm not not the hand-to-hand combat guy, all right? Some of you guys are, right? You you know how to be aggressive and to grab something and punch it and kill it. And I don't even kill the spiders in our house, all right? I'm just being straight up honest with you, all right? So I am not the guy to talk about hand-to-hand combat. But I do want to ask you a really important question today. I want to start this series with one really important question. And that question is this. What battle do you need to fight? What battle do you need to fight? What enemy do you need to charge? What dream are you fighting for? What dream are you fighting for? Now, there there are different kind of battles that all of us in the room can fight. Some of us today, we, we need to, or we are trying to fight a battle to kill something. There is something in our life that we don't want to be a part of our life, and we desperately are fighting to destroy it or to kill it. Maybe you're here today, and you would say, Jason, I'm fighting the battle of my life against an addiction that is weighing me down, pulling me down, dragging me down. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to do that anymore. And I got to be honest, Jason, I I don't know that I can win this battle. I've fought it before. I've tried before. I've been to rehab. I'm coming to lift. Like I'm trying. I'm really trying, Jason. I'm trying to win this battle, but I don't think I'm going to be able to win this when it just feels unwinnable. For some of you in the room, there's some sin in your life and you You desperately want to kill it. You want to stab it. You want to get rid of it. You want to attack it and and get beyond that in your life. You're tired of the same sins always being in front of you and always tempting you and always telling you that you are a failure. Some of you in the room, you're fighting to, to kill or destroy or remove some really unhealthy and harmful relationships in your life. And it's easier said than done, but there are some relationships that have attached themselves to you, maybe from your childhood 
or maybe it's romantic relationships or someone that you're living with that you're not married to or all kinds of different scenarios. And you know in order for, for you to be who God wants you to be, calls you to be, to, to accomplish what he wants to do through you, you know that you need to disconnect yourself from some of those relationships. But it's the fight of your life. And so you're trying to remove it. That, that's, that's one type of fight, a fight to kill something. Others of us in the room, maybe you are fighting to gain something. You're fighting to, to go and to conquer something. Maybe the fight of your life is for the custody of your children. Maybe it is to gain the trust of a spouse that, that you lost. Maybe it's the respect of your children that, that you gave away. Maybe it's the love of a parent. Maybe it is the dream in your heart that you think about every night when you go to bed and you think about every day driving to work. Like there's a dream in your heart and you're still finding yourself standing on the sidelines, but you know, Jason, I wanna get in the fight. I wanna get in the game. I'm ready to go after something. I'm ready to go after that dream. Maybe it's healing for your body. Some of you in here are praying and fighting in a spiritual battle desperately fighting for health, recovery, a good report. But maybe you're not fighting to kill something. Maybe you're not fighting to gain something. Maybe the fight of your life right now is to keep something. Maybe you're fighting to keep your marriage. You say, Jason, the fight of my life is to figure out a way to hold this thing together. I'm fighting to keep my marriage Alive, I'm fighting to, to keep a relationship with my children. Maybe you're fighting to keep your integrity and, and the devil on your shoulder keeps speaking and, and getting louder and louder and louder. And today you're contemplating possibly going and doing some things that you know you shouldn't do and you don't wanna do, but the voice in your head is getting louder and louder and louder. And you are saying, Jason, I'm, I'm having to fight to keep integrity, purity. I'm having to fight to keep my faith because I'm struggling to have faith and belief in God and what he promised or what he said he would do. But I believe that every person in the room needs a fight. You need a battle. You need a cause. You need something, that, a reason to wake up in the morning. You need a reason to keep praying. You need a reason to keep trusting God. And the worst thing that could ever happen to you is for life to get easy. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is to never need to be in a battle. The worst thing that could ever happen to you is to not need prayer, not need to trust in God. And so, so maybe today you're like, Jason, um, I'm fighting a battle and it feels like, like it's stacked against me. I mean, I haven't really thought about putting numbers on it, but Jason, it feels like I'm fighting a battle and I'm looking at 800 to one odds against me. I wanna chase this dream. I wanna go after this calling, this purpose on my life. I wanna do what I know God is calling me to do, but when I look at what I would have to overcome, it feels like I'm an 800 to one underdog. It feels like that there's way more against me than there is for me. And, and I gotta be honest, I mean, 800 to one, those are pretty insurmountable 
odds, it would seem like. 800 to 1, uh, trying to defeat 800 like Josh did sounds pretty much impossible. But I wanna, I wanna give you just a really simple revelation, just a really simple thought, a simple nugget that's gonna sound so profound it's almost silly, but I honestly believe it has a chance to, to, to help you, to free you up and to empower you to win your battle. Really simple question, really simple thought. How do you defeat 800 soldiers with a single spear? How, how do you, I mean, there's no, there's no flight, you know, plane dropping a bomb around you. There, there's no grenades. We don't have machine guns to spray. We've got a single spear here. How do you defeat 800 enemy soldiers with a single spear? You defeat it one at a time. The way you kill 800 soldiers is one at a time. And the same is true for your life and the same is true for my life and the battles that we're facing. You probably cannot accomplish everything and win all battles and and solve all the problems today or tomorrow or this week or probably even this month, but you can kill them one at a time. Small battles prepare us to win big wars. Small acts of obedience prepare us to take absolutely ridiculous, big, crazy steps of obedience. Small acts of faithfulness prepare us for bigger audiences. Small acts of Love, prepare us for more influence. You don't become a mighty warrior overnight. You become a mighty warrior one battle at a time. I would be willing to bet that this was not Josh's first battle. Can we just agree on that? He's probably not killing 800 first time out, right? This is a guy who's fought a lot of battles. Probably went hunting with his dad as a kid. I don't know, I'm making it up, but let's just go with it. I mean, this is a guy who, 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 is, who has fought in some battles before. And maybe before this battle, his claim to fame was that he killed 200 or 15 or 500. I don't know. But small battles prepare us for bigger battles. And small wins prepare us for bigger wins. You don't become a prayer warrior overnight. You say, Jason, I want to start praying I'm gonna pray three hours. Like you never prayed before, you probably will not make it three hours. I love you, but you won't. You know why? Because it's a discipline. And honestly, it's a spiritual thing too. And so there's gonna be a million opportunities to distract you. But what I would say is, you know how you pray? You know how you pray three hours? You pray 180 minutes, one minute at a time. Is that right? Double check me on that. 180, 60 times three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mental math, beast. Um, <laughs> you don't become a giant in the faith overnight. You become a giant in the faith one little trivial act of obedience at a time. And then one day somebody's like, how do you have so much faith? And you're like, well, let me tell you the 47 other times I had to trust God, and I did, 
And so now number 48 doesn't seem that awful or that terrifying because 44 was pretty bad, but he did it. And 45 was kind of worse, but God came through. And so, yeah, I trust him because he's come through every time. And I've got a story, a history that I can tell. One at a time, one defeat at a time, one battle at a time. Luke 16, 10 says, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. You're like, no, 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 I don't like that Bible verse, that's not true. If I had more money, I would handle it better. If I had a nicer car, I would keep it clean. Come on. If I had... Um, you know, if I had a better house, I would take better care of it. Like, there, we just, if I had a better wife, I would be better, a better husband. It's not true. There's nothing about it that's true. You look back on your life, you are what you are, and the larger the stage, the more magnifying it is of who you are. And so Jesus says, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large things. It's not a matter of if. if you, it's not a matter of when it happens, we're not sure. It's a matter of you have proven you know how to fight. So when you need to fight a bigger fight, you'll fight because you, you know how to do it. But if you're dishonest in little things, if you're unfaithful, you will be dishonest or unfaithful in greater responsibilities. Can we all just agree to be honest with one another and say that all of us in the room are great starters. And even better at starting, we're, we're great at promoting our starting, right? It's like day one headed to the gym, you know? But no one's ever like, day 11, I stayed in bed. Like nobody does that, right? Eating healthy, Andrew's got me doing this 30-day thing, day 21. Woohoo, we're doing it. But like, it's so much funner, more fun to start. It's so much more fun to, to feel the rush and the excitement of getting it going, eating healthy, uh, going to the gym, maybe in your marriage. It's like, you know, it's like going out on a date or, or honeymoon period. We want everyone to notice how hard we're working. We want everyone to notice like how we're changing and what we're doing. And if... I'm not downplaying commitment and discipline. I'm just saying we can all kind of admit it's, it's a lot easier to start than it is to follow through, right? It just is. And we, 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 we struggle to stay faithful and to do the obedient, right little things day after day. We wanna go ahead and skip to the large stage, the big battle, the 800 enemies we defeated, more influence, more money, whatever it is. And so my question for you today is not how are you gonna defeat 800 enemies? My question for you today is, are you giving your best effort where you are right now? Are you giving your best faithful, obedient effort to where you are right now. I wanna encourage you to win today. Win today. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be hard enough. Let tomorrow wait on you there. Win today. Win today. What battle are you fighting? What are you looking down the road and it's daunting and you feel like you can't get there and it's not gonna happen? 
It is daunting. It is down the road. Win today. Show up today. Speak life today. Be positive today. You said, Jason, I am fighting the battle of my life for my marriage. And we all would love to think that like a new diamond bracelet or a trip to Hawaii would solve our problems. But do you know how you fix a really, really devastated, bad, broken marriage? A day at a time. You win the small battles. You apologize today. You take out the trash when she asks you to today. It's a good spot to say amen, anybody? Ladies, okay, all right. You turn off the Xbox today. You, you pray together today. You listen when they talk today. You compliment them today. One small battle at a time. One faithful step at a time. You say, Jason, I'm fighting for my integrity. Do you know how you end up being an old man living a full life with the respect and the trust and the admiration of all the people around you? You win today. You don't tell the little lies that have no consequences today. You keep secrets when somebody said don't tell anybody, you keep it today. You decide when everyone else is taking a cheap shot, I'm not gonna gossip today. Win today, win today. What battle are you fighting? What battle do you need to fight? What dream are you chasing what enemy are you attacking? As you leave today, we wanna to give you the opportunity to take a little token, a little keepsake to, to help you, to encourage you to win today. There's actually gonna be communion in a few moments and I'll tell you about that in a second. It's gonna be in the back as well, but there's a table in the back. I think there's gonna be one on each side, I'm not sure, but there's two tables right now on, the, on the, my right-hand side. And we've just provided little knockoff military dog tags. And there's black Sharpies back there on the table. And what I would love for you to do today is I would love for you to take a dog tag and I would love for you to write on it the battle that you need to win. The fight that you need to engage. Maybe you need to write on there marriage. Maybe you need to write on there integrity, faith, addiction, purity, Whatever the battle is that you need to fight in your life, I want you to take a Sharpie and I want you to write it down. Maybe you got more than one, write it on the front and the back. Maybe you wanna wear it, hang it from your mirror. I don't know what you wanna do, but I just want you to take this dog tag and I want it to remind you that we're gonna win today. We're in the battle today. We're gonna be faithful today. We're gonna tell the truth today. We're, we're, we're gonna take a small step today. We're going to win today. So as you leave, you have an opportunity to take those and you can fill it out at home if you want or you can fill it out here, but, but take this. We ordered 200 of them, we should have plenty. If not, we'll get some more. But let's win today, all right? Let's pray.